0: Travis, will you be attending our Schmanner's office Christmas party this year?
1: Yes, I will, but first I have to xerox some things. It's Schmanner's. I'm your husband, host Travis McElroy,
0: and I'm your wife, host Teresa McElroy. And you're
1: listening to Schmanner's. It's
0: extraordinary etiquette for ordinary occasions.
1: Hello, my love. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm I'm holding in there, you know, holding on, working towards Christmas. Hold
1: on for one more day. <laughs> um, I so I'm gonna get out ahead of everything and say that um, we're talking about holiday parties but we are probably going to end up saying Christmas a lot because Teresa and I were both raised in households that celebrated Christmas. And so when we think about like holidays and the winter holidays, we're going to say the word Christmas a lot, but just know that what we mean is holidays.
0: Well, I would also like to put a caveat on this. And when I say Christmas... I mean,
1: secular Christmas. Like the season, lowercase C.
0: Santa and Rudolph and snowmen and, um, and you know, hot chocolate and candy canes and. Although a lot of these started out with religion as the basis, most of this stuff has become pretty mainstream, secularized.
1: Well, and not only that, but um, a little bit about. I took uh, one of my college courses was a history class and it was mm-hmm. uh, pre-civil war american history and the thing is is like christmas wasn't always a religious holiday i mean even not even going as far back as like you know pagan stuff and like yule and the winter solstice and that kind of thing but even as you get into like colonial times It was more of like a party atmosphere. There was actually a time period at which Christmas was outlawed. Because it was
0: so fun.
1: Because like, so my favorite example (laughs) is if you've ever heard the song, um, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, Mm -hmm. right? If you go past the first verse into the later verses, it gets very demanding. Yeah. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. And then we won't go until we get some, we won't. And that was because when people used to carol, you would have to pay them to leave. Right. Like it was like people would get drunk. They'd come to your house and they would annoy you with Christmas songs and you would have to give them gifts or pay them to leave. And if you couldn't, they would storm into your house and take stuff. Yeah. Um. And so eventually Christmas was outlawed by the church and people still celebrated it much like prohibition. And so the church leaned hard into it as like a primary Christian holiday to try to
0: make imp- it not fun again, make
1: it not fun to try to make it more about like piety and like a religious observance and not about like drunken partying. Right. But <laughs> <it's> 2016 <laughs> and I would say that we're swinging back towards like, well, let's just make it fun because I think is and a lot of the questions we got to, and we'll get to this, but I've come to realize it's really hard to avoid Christmas Like Christmas, this time of year, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good thing that there is a non-religious Christmas option for people for whom they don't observe the Christmas religion, you know, Mm -hmm. like they, but Christmas is still ever present and it's hard to avoid. So having an option of like, I celebrate Christmas, but not for religious reasons, is very important. It's I
0: think. Uh, it's become a little more Thanksgivingized, where it's about family togetherness and and food and festivity and you know thinking about other people in that moment on that day. Mm-hmm. But what I would like to start out with, um, and we talk a lot about the the Victorians,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, is t- back to that idea of Dickensian Christmas.
1: I've heard of this fellow. Phil- uh Charles Dickens, I believe. Chuck Dickens they called him.
0: Right.
1: You know my favorite uh, fact about Charles Dickens? What? Do you know why his books are so long? Why? Because most of the time he was getting paid by the word? I think Christmas Carol he published as a series of like uh, uh weren't they
0: newspaper articles? Yeah, it was like
1: installments in a newspaper or a magazine or something and he was getting paid by no, the word. No, I think
0: that was a tale of two cities. Maybe
1: that's it. But that fool was very verbose. Because he got money for
0: every (laughs) word that he put in.
1: So he would not use one word where he could use eight. And that's the Charles Dickens way.
0: Let me read you an excerpt of a very famous Christmas party that Dickens wrote. There were more dances, there were more forfeits, that more dances, and there was cake, and there was negus, and there was great piece of cold roast, and there was a great piece of cold boiled, and there were mince pies, and plenty of beer. But the great effect of the evening came after the roast and boiled, when the fiddler, an artful dog mind... The sort of man who knew his business better than you or I could have told it him, struck up Sir Roger de Coverley, and then old Fezziwig stood out to dance with Mrs. Fezziwig. The top couple, too, and the good stiff piece of work cut out for them, three or four and twenty pairs of partners, people who were not to be trifled with, and people who would dance and had no notion of walking. When the clock struck eleven, this domestic ball broke up. Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig took their stations, one on either side of the door, and shaking hands with every person individually as he or she went out, wished him or her a Merry Christmas. When everybody had retired but the two apprentices, they did the same to them, and thus the tearful voices died away, and the lads were left to their beds, which under the counter of the back shop, during this whole time, Scrooge has acted like a man out of his wits."
1: So there was a party, and there was lots of food, and then they played some music, (laughs) then everybody left, and Scrooge didn't participate. The end.
0: No, Scrooge did participate. During the whole of this time, Scrooge had acted like a man out of his wits.
1: See, I thought that that means a man in bad spirits.
0: No, he went crazy about it. He loved the party. That fool
1: was partying left
0: and right? Totally. Interesting. So this talks about, so the Prentices, right? Um, That's... The young Scrooge, young Scrooge and, and 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 Dick and Dick, and then um this the Scrooge that w- was out of his wits was the Scrooge that came with the Ghost of Christmas Past, oh. and he acted like a fool. He had so much fun. He was like, "Yeah, this is a it was a great party. I remember it so well."
1: Man, I, isn't that always the case? You never appreciate a party till it's done. I know, right? You know, and then you look back, you are like, "I should have danced." Just remember that, young people.
0: <laughs> Someday you'll be all dancing at your party. So this Fezziwig guy, he really knew how to throw a party. And it it was, I didn't read it to you. But there was a stanza paragraph in which he talks about even the people who worked at the shops nearby down the street were invited to his shop for his company party. Well, yeah, because it was so awesome.
1: Well, and that's the thing about Fezziwig, right? Is that he he was so generous Mm -hmm. at Christmas time that it eventually like bankrupted him. Isn't that... I I feel like I've seen versions of it. I don't know. I've never read the book, but I've (sighs) been in it six different times and watched 18,000 different versions of Christmas Carol. And I feel like I've seen versions where, like, by the end of it, like, they talk about Fezzi, like, Scrooge. That's the Playhouse in the Park one, right?
0: There's a part in... Where a little down the line, after Fezziwick has thrown a lot of these parties with Scrooge there, where Scrooge comes back and talks about how much the party is costing the firm and how if he continues like this, he is going to go bankrupt. And Fezziwick is like, no, don't worry about it. It's the season to give and be jolly and all that stuff. So I don't know if it ultimately bankrupts him. In the story, but Scrooge definitely talks about how, like, hey, Fezziwig, Man, you're spending way too much money on these parties if you want to turn a profit.
1: But I will say, just from watching Super Sizers Go and, you know, like, so many different versions of Christmas Carol, like, the Victorian Christmas party is fun. Like, that's the thing, especially when you think about how drab and dreary so much of, like, Victorian life was. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you think of, like, you know, Christmas crackers and pudding and mistletoe and all these chances to, like, be kind of silly. Like, it was a rip-roaring good time.
0: Well, I think that it was probably one of the only times that you were socially, it was socially acceptable for you to kind of cut loose. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Tell me more about Christmas. (laughs) What is this, Christmas?
0: Well, much like Fezziwig threw a party for his employees, I'd like to talk a little bit about how uh, you can navigate your own holiday office party season.
1: Yeah, this is what I usually, when people talk about Christmas parties, I don't, it's interesting because I think getting friends and family together, I don't really ever think of that as Christmas parties. Mm -hmm. When I think Christmas party, I think office party.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... I guess if I think about Christmas party, it's office. But if I think about Christmas time, it's
1: family. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I suppose that it it just really depends on.
1: Well, we'll talk about Christmas office parties now, and then we have lots of questions about uh, like family Christmas. Oh, great! And then I think next week we've talked about, and I think next week we're going to do an episode all about like giving and receiving presents. And I'm sure there will be a lot more of like Christmas family stuff in there too.
0: Great. So the thing about office Christmas parties is you still have to kind of emphasize the word office. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So even though you can kind of relax and chum around, you really shouldn't let it all hang out. Um, You really need to still dress office appropriate. um, And, If if it's a a party that, you know, has been sanctioned by like the CEO type deal, it may even be a formal event. So make sure that you dress appropriately for whatever the invitation says.
1: Especially, especially if it's an on-site Christmas party. If it is being hosted at the office. Or I would say that extends to if you go to like your boss's house Mm -hmm. for it. I think you can be a little bit looser if it's like at a bar We're at a restaurant and it's more of like a company, like a get together. But if you're at the office, it is not a chance to cut loose. It is, it is a chance to like, thank you everybody. Okay. Bye. My advice would be in that case, like if there's like three or four people that you work with who are like your best friends, your best work friends, and you guys want to cut loose, you people want to get out there and party. Cool. Go to the office Christmas party for like an hour, hour and a half. Then say your goodbyes and then go hang out just the group of you.
0: Right, but it is also important that you don't just hang out with the normal group of people that you, you that you chill with at the office. You need to make sure that you say the rounds of hellos to everyone. Maybe you need to it's important that if the boss is there that you talk to the boss for a little bit. You wouldn't want to snub your boss for your your normal cohorts. So you got to make the rounds and do the handshaking and say hello to everyone.
1: Let me ask you a question. This was a question we got uh, uh, from a lot of different people. And that is, what if they don't want to go to their office Christmas party? Should they? What would they be missing? What's the point?
0: Well, really, the point is networking. You want to show that you're a team player. You want to introduce yourself to people who you may not have had the chance to introduce yourself to. And you want to show the boss and you know the other people who are ahead of you that you can Hobnob because that's an important part of of creating business contacts. Uh, sorry, creating business contacts and you know showing that you can you can be sociable and even if you don't want to go, I would say that you need to stay at least an hour and not the last hour of the party. Try and aim for the middle hour of the party because if you just arrive for the last twenty minutes no one's gonna really see or or, you know it doesn't count as an attendance
1: yeah you wanna be there when the most people are there which is the middle not the beginning or end and I also wanna say that this is I think one of those scenarios and we've talked about it before where what we're talking about here is like the Schmanners ideal Mm -hmm. if you are sitting there going I if I tried to attend an office party I would have a like literal panic attack like Cool. I, I think it's fine to not go if you just like cannot bear the idea of it. But I, this is more if you're sitting there going, I don't know, should I? Like, I don't know if I want to. No one wants to cut off his Christmas parties, but it is a thing you do. Right. Because I, it reminds me of uh, in uh, college, we had this like, you know, preparations for professional work class in, in acting school. And we had this casting director come in and he was, you know, kind of running through all these different, like, you know, uh, pieces of advice. And one of the pieces of advice he gave was, you know, it it matters if your audition is good, but... It's also about whether or not they want to hang out with you at the after party. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is is it's not just about the work you can do. That would be true if we were all in our individual like closets and no one interacted with each other. But part of a job and part of advancement in that job is people liking you on some level and you seeming pleasant. Not like you have to be the office joker and like, you know, make cookies for everybody every day and make everybody happy all the time. But a certain level of like recognition of like they know your name when they see you, they think like yeah he's a nice guy oh I like being around her oh they're great that kind of thing exactly that will get you far.
0: And if you are nervous about attending your your holiday party, um, it never hurts to prepare a little bit beforehand. Go through. The directory and see if you can match names with faces if that's something that you um that you struggle with or uh you know go back into your memory banks and figure and remember people's loved ones names that always if i can remember the name of your husband that always helps kind of feel a little closer or um even if it's just if you can remember who won the, the like employee of the month award and congratulate that person on that. Um, and it's always pretty safe to ask people about their respective holiday plans, especially if there is a specific holiday break that people take. Um, it may be the week between Christmas and New Year's or or something like that. A lot of people go on vacations. Even if they're not religious, that time off of work, they may make plans to see their families.
1: Um, I would also say that buddy system here is also very helpful. Um, if If there's someone at work that you are close with, that you are friends with, planning on getting there at the same time, maybe carpooling together. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, hanging out with each other, make sure you don't close off that you're still talking to other people. But having that wing person with you can often make entering new conversations more comfortable. But I want to reiterate something we touched on earlier. If there's alcohol at this party and you are a nervous person, do not use alcohol to cope with your nervousness, because that's a good way to quickly get drunk and that's not a good look.
0: No, it it never really is. And I remember when we were working at the at the Shakespeare Company, we had the two drink rule. You get two drinks, and that's all you get. So you better make them last throughout the night, um, because it's that in, was
1: not our rule. That was oh, the company sorry, rule. that was, I that was the yeah. company rule. It <laughs> was not like me and Teresa I'd laid down strict law. For
0: <laughs> the company rule was two drink max. Um, because it's nice to have a little something toasty to kind of loosen you up, but no one wants to see that kind of mess at a party.
1: And then once again, like we would all make plans then, like once the party would in, like 95% of the company would then go to Arnold's and hang exactly. out there.
0: And that's where we could have a little more to drink and and relax a little more because it wasn't a, a company party yeah. anymore.
1: there weren't patrons there. There weren't donors there, that kind of thing. I will also say, um, I, okay, I'll let you in. Would everybody like to know my alcohol pacing secret because i get nervous at stuff like this and i'm not good at small talk so here's what you do you get there you have one drink very quickly then you nurse a drink every hour maybe 45 minutes but like that first drink you're
0: a 200 pound man i don't know if i could drink a drink an hour
1: that's true well i think most people well on average your blood alcohol content you process like a drink an hour. But yes, what what I'm saying is one drink up front to like boom belt of courage and if then you maintain. drink. If you drink. Yeah. And then but like if you because here's the thing, what you don't want to do is like four really quickly because you don't feel anything yet. And then boom it hits you like a truck. Yeah. No, that's bad, bad, bad. But and also I want to say if you don't drink, there is another way to do this. And that is breathe. I think that the number one problem is people tend to tense and remain tense. And that's exhausting. That's frustrating. And let me tell you, just from people sending in questions and people like I saw talk about it on Twitter and Facebook. I would say that the majority of people you work with, the majority of people you know, get nervous at office functions and if you convince yourself that you're the only person that feels that way your isolation is going to make you even more nervous everyone is nervous just breathe move like you're confident act like you're confident leave as soon as you can't stand it anymore
0: so there's that's some some general help um I ran into a couple of different things that I thought were were important as far as pictures. Um, And I think that in this age of social media, people expect to have the selfies and, and, you know, the company picture or whatever. Um, uh, I came across the idea of the two fridge test. So first, don't take any pictures that you wouldn't want on your fridge at home. And then don't take any pictures that you wouldn't want on the fridge of the office.
1: It's pretty good call. I like that. I, I, m- might I offer two more suggestions? Oh, sure. Uh, don't take any pictures of anyone eating. No one ever likes it. <laughs> they will never be glad that you did it. They will never think, no matter how funny you think it is to catch someone eating cake or whatever, don't take that picture secondly if this is an office christmas party maybe talk to whoever's planning the party maybe it's the boss or whatever about getting some kind of like backdrop some kind of like station for pictures and so that way people aren't just walking around with their phones out and cameras out here's an area to take pictures out and then everywhere else is like put the phones away and let's just hang out
0: sure i think that if you have a great relationship with your boss that's a good idea.
1: Or, like I said, maybe the boss isn't planning it. Maybe it's being planned by some kind of committee or whatever. But it's a good idea to pitch. Also, if you're at, uh, if you're at a work function and it's an open bar and they like, have like a bartender, that whether it's a catering company or someone that's working there, tip. Just oh, because you're yeah. not paying, you got yeah. tip.
0: Well, and so that brings me really to the end of my, my office party uh, do's and don'ts. I do suggest that, um, that you thank the person, uh, just like we heard in the, in the Fezziwig party that everyone lined up to give thank yous. Um, you should thank the people who put it on, whether it's your boss or HR or, or whoever. Um, a good rule of thumb is if the party is in the break room or like it's a potluck party in a meeting room um, or if it's a pay-to-attend party, then you really don't need to send a thank you card. Um, But if it was a formal party, or if it was in someone's home, even if it was a potluck, then you have to send a thank you card. Um, Because those sorts of things are, you know, people really going out of their way to make sure that it's a grand event. So I do think that a thank you card is in order for those events.
1: Um, So we have... Just a ton of questions—questions uh, questions about Secret Santa, white elephant gift exchanges, uh, you know, inclusivity in holiday parties. But first, here's a word from another Max Fun show and a thank you note for a sponsor. This week we want to uh, write another thank you note to Harrys. If you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, then you should already know by now how amazing Harrys is. But you know what? Maybe you zone out during the thank you notes. Maybe you know you skip ahead, or maybe you missed the last two weeks. So here goes. I'm going to tell you about how much we love Harrys. Harrys. Well, I say they solved razors. <laughs> they have come up. Harrys team stood in front of a blackboard. With chalk in hand, scratching their heads as they did Goodwill hunting esque like equations on the board. And eventually they just like wrote good quality, low price and circled it like 18 times. And then they like threw their clipboards up in the air and they had their own Christmas party, you know, right there and then. Because here's the thing if you're like me, well, like I used to be when I didn't have a glorious beard, but I used to hate going to the store and buying razors because you had to like wait for somebody to come unlock the case and then they walked it up to the front like it was worth its weight in gold and you'd have to pay like 40, 50, 60 dollars just for a couple of blades that you it was it was out of this world.
0: Or if you didn't want to go through that hoopla, you got the little like dinky disposable things with maybe one or two blades that only last for one shave and it's a terrible shave anyway.
1: So, Harry's has come up with the solution, and that is, they give you really good, German-engineered, high-quality blades for, like, a fraction of the price, and they send it right to your house. So, you don't have to go to the store. You don't have to worry about finding something to let you into the case. Right now, go to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. You don't have to buy anything, but take a look at the stuff that they have, and if you're looking for a new razor, this is it. And right now, Harry's has a limited edition holiday set. Um, It is called the Winter Winston Shaving Set. And it has a midnight blue chrome razor handle, which you can get engraved with initials. So if you're giving it as a gift, it's a great gift. If you're getting it for yourself, do something nice for yourself. Get it engraved. Feels super cool. Um, And you get three of those German-engineered five-blade cartridges, um, along with foaming shave gel, uh, beautifully designed gift box, all of that. For just $30.
0: And as a special offer for fans of our show, uh, we can give you $5 off your order when you enter the code Schmanners at checkout.
1: Now, they right now, um, if you want the ground shipping um, and you want it by Christmas, you need to go right now because it ends on December 16th. So go to harrys.com, check out that Winter Winston shave set. Um, and use the coupon code Schmanners, S H M A N N E R S, at check out for $5 off. That's Harry's.com, code Schmanners. I'm Brian. And I'm Aaron, and we host Throwing Shade, a political comedy podcast that's somehow horribly offensive and socially conscious. If you want to know what it sounds like if the news drank straight vodka, check us out on Thursdays on Max Fun. And we're the first Max Fun podcast to be turned into a TV show, so check that out January 17th on TV Land. Throwing shade, politics, pop culture, wigs for days.
0: Are you in need of a shakeup? Max FunCon is our annual comedy and creativity festival, and it changes lives. Max FunCon West returns to Lake
1: Arrowhead next June, and Max FunCon East is back in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both are on sale right now, and they will sell out. Visit maxfuncon.com to buy your tickets today. We can't wait to see you there. Alright, so we have a lot of questions. This one, oh, I like this one because I think on some level everyone can relate to this. This is from Coffee Cut Geo on Twitter. What to do if someone you didn't expect gets you a gift and you didn't get them one?
0: Well, I have, I have two separate answers. The first answer is it was a gift. And the things about the thing about true gifts is they aren't for reciprocation. They aren't for doing anything special. If it's a gift, it's because they wanted to give it to you. It's this whole thing. Gifts are not earned. They're not wages. They're not rewards. They are just another person thinking about you and wanting to do something special for you. So, I really, my personal belief is that you really shouldn't feel bad. You should feel honored that this person loves you and thought about you enough to give you something. That's the first one. Okay. The second one is you should always be prepared with extra gifts. Okay. I was going to say, the second one,
1: let's, that's, I agree with you. Now let's operate in the real world where you have to have a moment where someone hands you something and you just look at them going,
0: Uh, Candles coffee gift cards gift cards tea towels um little knickknack things that you can put like uh succulents in all of these are very small very cost-effective gifts or uh tins of cookies something that you can get that's under five dollars and just have
1: stockpiled
0: smelling soaps um lotion salts if if the person
1: passes out a lot
0: all of the, these are very small little things, coffee mugs, stuff you can get at the dollar store. pick up like five to ten extra things, put little bows on them. and then when you are surprised by a gift, you have a stash of little gifts that you can give to people.
1: The alternate, I would say though of that is if, if it's someone that you feel very close with, like I think that that's a great solution for like the office or like just you know, in general. Uh, But like if you're talking about like your best friend got you a present and you didn't realize you were exchanging, I think it's perfectly fine to say I didn't get you anything and they get you the present and then you turn around and like the next day go out and get them something. I think that's fine, especially if you haven't discussed it beforehand, because like you were saying in your your first example, that's where that applies, that idea of like, oh, okay, well, you saw something and thought of me and got it for me. That's cool. This wasn't a planned Mm -hmm. event that I forgot about. And so if it's someone you're close with, I think it's okay to be honest and say, I didn't know we were exchanging presents and then go out and do it, you know, afterwards without it feeling too weird. Um, so we got this question in a couple different forms. Um, this is from Tony. What's the best way to intertwine Hanukkah and Christmas traditions into one party without intentionally offending anyone? Um, and then we also got uh, the question from Anna is it considered rude to try to get informal work Christmas events that is held by people at work but not by the company itself to recognize the existence of other holidays? Um, And like I said, there were a bunch of different forms about basically making Christmas more inclusive to people who don't celebrate Mm -hmm. Christmas.
0: Well, I think that... Uh, a wide array of foods is always a great idea because the you know the Christmas tradition has its particular foods, and the Kwanzaa tradition has particular foods, and the Hanukkah tradition has particular foods, and those are just the three that I can really think of at this specific There's also time like of
1: year. Yule. Um, right. The okay. Yule, like pagan tradition, has a lot of different things. We actually, when we were filming the uh, the TV show, we uh, got to hang out with some pagans and talk to them about like Yule traditions and that kind of thing, and mostly. It's partying. It's great. <laughs> will seems very fun to me.
0: So I think that food is really the best way to make things feel inclusive. If you, if you include stuff from all those different holidays, it, it really gives a lot of representation and it gives something to talk about at the party.
1: Though I will say, so here's some caveats I would like to give. One, if you are intending to do this to make sure other people feel included, first, you should check with them because it might end up being that they didn't need that and now they suddenly have a bunch of attention because they're like the one Jewish guy in the office and everyone's Mm -hmm. like, and we also have a dreidel, Steve. Like, okay, cool. Now Steve (laughs) feels weird in a way that he didn't feel weird before. So I would say like, if it's something you're concerned about, I think go to them and say like, hey, is there anything you would like included at the company holiday uh, holiday party this year? And then I think if you're doing it, and if that's the case, you also need to like, make sure you do your research Mm -hmm. and don't just like grab a menorah and go, I think I'm done. I think I covered (laughs) it. And if it's something that you want for yourself, that you would like it to be more inclusive because you feel left out, um, you know, talk to the people organizing it. And I think it's okay to say like, Hey, would it be cool if we included some stuff from fill in the blank, what you celebrate. Um, But the one warning and this sucks, this is unfair, but my warning would be be prepared to maybe then be the center of attention, answering questions about like, how do you make latkes? What's the dreidel mean? What's the menorah all about? Because people will want to be interested and see that, you know, there's new stuff there. So like, that's no reason not to do it. (laughs) But like, I've seen that happen. Right, but you need to be prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, I think that, you know, ho- holiday parties is always a better way to go than like this straight up Christmas party. We don't want anything else in here. Like, that's not cool. That's not OK. Um, this question is from Angie. Uh, you have an, an office holiday party, but a spouse slash partner who is relatively antisocial. Do you drag them along knowing they will hate it and feel awkward or you just leave them at home or not go at all?
0: Um, I would caution against not going at all. Um, a lot of office parties are really kind of the only uh, bonus some employees will some employers will give you. Um, so that time to, to really uh, thank the boss and, and show yourself grateful is important. Um, but as far as bringing a plus one, especially if they're not interested, You can give their regards something where you can say Steve wishes he could make it and leave it at that because you don't have to give any extra. You don't have to say, but he's sick,
1: which would be a lie. Steve can't make it. Rocking diarrhea. (laughs) He's just got like out of this world. Rhea, my man just can't make it.
0: Just say Steve sends his regards. He wishes he could be here.
1: I, That's it. I also think that this, though, is another example of, like, communication in a relationship is that maybe don't assume that your your partner doesn't want to attend because there's a difference between saying to your partner, you don't have to go if you don't want to or it's okay if you don't go. Because that could be miscommunicated as I don't want you to go because mm. I know you're awkward and you'll embarrass me when what you mean to say is I would love to have you there. But I understand that these kinds of things often make you feel a little awkward. So I understand if you don't want to go. That then gives them the opportunity to say like, no, you know what? I will go because part of like being in a relationship like this is support. And I'm going there for you, not for me.
0: Or it gives them the opportunity to say, thank you so much for thinking of me that way. I really appreciate it that you're not making me go.
1: Exactly. But don't just assume they're not going to go and go, you don't have to go. Uh, you know what In fact don't I don't even want you there I don't want you there Stay home with your diarrhea <laughs> um, Let's see So um, We got a lot of questions About like White elephant gift exchange Well
0: I would actually love To talk about A white elephant gift okay, exchange Okay
1: let's Let's touch on that I want to save A lot of like Specific gift giving stuff For next week But so do you have any kind of like general thoughts on the White Elephant Gift Exchange?
0: Well, first of all, I'd like to give a little bit of of a background on the White Elephant Gift Exchange. And the term derives from sacred white elephants kept by uh, Southeast Asian monarchs in Burma, Thailand, Laos, and Cambodia. So um, having a white elephant was like a prestigious thing instead of the regular kind of gray uh, elephant. And they were often regarded as higher or, you know, or, or above other animals, so much so that they were sacred or even worshipped. Um, and so in order to have a white elephant, uh, you would have to treat it almost like, like a king itself, uh, so it, it costs a lot of money to upkeep a white elephant to make sure that they had all of the the luxury that they deserved. Um, so it was kind of a blessing and a curse to have one because it was very prestigious to have one, but it also costs a lot of money to give it what you know what what it deserved as far as a a kingly lifestyle
1: but how does that translate to now like you remember at the last minute that you were supposed to get something so you jump in your closet to find that yankee candle that someone gave you last year that's covered in dust and now you pull that out and you re-gift that to somebody so that you have something to participate in the gift exchange with
0: well so if you think about this white elephant if you were a king and you bestowed it on a uh, a servant or a peasant who was suddenly in your favor, think about having this white elephant that now you have all this prestige. Oh, now it's
1: a burden on you. But
0: now it's a burden to kind of take care of this elephant. You probably couldn't possibly, you know, give it everything it deserves. So that's where the kind of burdensome...
1: Um, So part is, but what about the etiquette of the white elephant thing? Because I think that at its best, I have been a part of a super fun white elephant exchange where like everybody like brought uh, the one I remember specifically was in college. And I would say half, there were like probably 25 people maybe participating in it. And like half of them had brought some form of alcohol present Mm. And the game was when you picked and opened a present, the next person had the option to claim a present that had already been opened or open a new present. And if they took your present, you then got to either claim or open a new present. Mm
0: -hmm, That is one derivative, yeah. Yeah,
1: and then you could only exchange it, I think, up to three times so people weren't just grabbing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the alcohol was always like the highly prized you know, gift, um, usually ranging from some kind of very nice wine down to whatever the cream liqueur option
0: was.
1: (laughs) Um, But I, and I, and that I remember being specifically good because nobody brought the bad present. There was no present that was open that was like this is just like a box of dirt because that's the thing. OK, I'll tell you that if you're listening to this and you're going to participate in a white elephant gift exchange and you think it would be super funny to bring like a box of trash and like ha, oh, you thought it was a real present, but it's just a box of trash. And that's what you get. You need to leave. You don't get to participate in this white elephant gift because it's not supposed to be. Look how bad the president I got is.
0: Right. Well, because the the fun that happens in the White elephant exchange is you want your present to be stolen. you want people to want to have it yes, so it's I think that a couple of good recommendations are funny things, uh, not funny as in worthless funny, but things that have humorous value um, and then weird things, maybe artwork. Or or funny gadgets or something. Um
1: Yeah, that's always good. Go to like the kitchen gadget yeah. store and buy like pot holders that look like lunch meat. You know, that kind of that's gonna get taken. Everybody, Deborah, she's gonna love that. You know her. She's got the coasters that look like lunch meat. She's gonna want those potholders that look like lunch meat.
0: Right, and and things that are genuinely nice gifts often get taken. Like you said, like the alcohol or things like throw pillows or blankets or slippers. Massage gift cards. Massage gift cards. Things that are genuinely nice often get stolen a lot because that's really what you want. You want your gift to be passed around a lot that shows that it's, it's highly valuable even if it didn't cost a lot of money.
1: I would say, though, that if you are listening to this and us talking... Talk about white elephant or secret Santa's makes you just want to, as Griffin would say, have your skeleton jump out of your body and run away. (laughs) Don't participate. Like, I I think that that's fine. I think it's fine. You can still be there. You can still observe without it being your thing. If you don't want to do it, don't do it.
0: Um, But here, I'd like to give some, some more ideas. Things like, uh, strange candy bars, you know, they make candy bars now with chili flakes and banana chips and and bacon and, and things like that. Those are not very expensive and they're highly prized. Uh like bottle openers, bottle stops, uh wine glasses sets, those little wine coasters or charms, um beer koozies, oven mitts, hats, scarves, gloves, these are all rather inexpensive things that, like I said, follow these rules of genuinely nice, funny, or weird.
1: Um, So I've decided that let's hold off on discussing Secret Santa, and we will talk about that next week. Okay. Um, But uh, another question here from Sarah. At a work Christmas party, should I bring a small gift for coworkers or give them privately? Um, Sarah gives examples like Yankee Candle or Terry's Orange and I think that this is a good question, if I might uh, infer from Sarah's question, what if you don't want to give presents to everybody, but there's like three or four people you're very close with at the office, and you want to give presents to them? Those should Let's be start given. There. Those yeah.
0: should be given privately, um, because, like we talked about before, um, although gifts should not be considered a wage or a reward. Um, they often are looked upon as if you give someone a gift, you have to give everyone a gift. Um, so if it's if it's at a party setting, don't think that you'll be able to like give it to them on the sly. It needs to be given
1: privately. So let me ask the second form of this question, which is, are should you feel, you know, maybe you get along great with everybody in the office? Do you need to bring something for everybody? Or is it like I made a plate of cookies and that, and everybody can have one? Or should you just not bother at all because there's just too many people and it's going to be a whole thing?
0: If you if you want to bring a gift for everyone, it needs to be relatively the same gift for everyone.
1: Um, but you shouldn't I, feel obligated because, like, what if there's like fifty people that right.
0: work? Right. I mean, you shouldn't feel obligated. That's what that's what I went on my whole thing about gifts being.
1: Gifts. I know, Well what what I'm saying is. What I remember is like when you're in elementary school and you used to have to bring valentines for everybody and cupcakes for everybody and Christmas cards for everybody, that kind of thing. Like, is that a thing that's still a thing in an office setting or is it okay not to bring gifts?
0: If you're going to bring one gift to a party, you need to bring a gift for everyone Um, because you would hate, especially at an office party, to show a favorite and then have that have the other people think that it is a Uh, reflection of their work performance. Um, So you don't have to bring gifts. And I think a plate of cookies is a really great idea. Um, Or like a couple boxes of candy canes or something like that. Um, But if you you are going to bring gifts, it needs to be the same for everybody and everybody needs to get one.
1: Um, This question is from Katie on Twitter. How do you confront the creepiest part of Christmas parties? Mistletoe.
0: Um, I do not condone mistletoe at office parties. I think that that is an HR nightmare waiting to happen.
1: I don't condone it anywhere. I think it's creepy.
0: I think that up to a certain age, mistletoe is all right. Like maybe a college party. But once we're all adults, um, or if we're all children, (laughs) There there should not be any mistletoe. Well,
1: the one thing I will say to that, because I think I understand what you mean, but if I might offer a clarification and I think you'll agree, always with the option to opt out. Yes. Because that's the thing, is it's super fun unless it's used to force somebody to do something they don't want to do. Exactly. At which point nothing is ever good chamber if you force someone to do something they don't want to do. Amen. So like the mistletoe is a fun game. Like if you want to hold it over your like your partner's head and like, oh, mistletoe. Great. But if you walk around at a college party and you're drunk and you have mistletoe on like the brim of your hat and you use it to try to lick people's faces or whatever, (laughs) cut it out. That's gross. And you're bad. And you should feel bad. (laughs) Um, So
0: mistletoe should be used in moderation and all in good fun. Just like
1: everything else. Yes. And you know what? I also say this. Just a little piece of self-care advice from me to you. I know we've talked about, like, drinking and stuff as far as, like, professionalism goes. Take it from me. A 33... Am I 33? Yes. Yes. A 33-year-old man who has had many years of his life where he drunk to excess because he thought that that is how one had fun at parties. It is not. I've talked about this, I think, on our alcohol episode mm-hmm. and, and on episodes of My Brother, My Brother and Me as well. It is okay to get drunk. It is okay to get tipsy. But do not feel like you didn't have fun unless you were drunk. And the same with eating a bunch of food. You know what I mean? It's very easy this holiday season to not take good care of yourself because you just lean into the hedonism of it all. (laughs) But it's okay to, like, celebrate moderation as well, you know? Yes. Agreed. Take good care of yourselves. Give yourself the best present this holiday season. Your health and mental well-being. Are there any more
0: questions, my dear?
1: Um, Not for this episode. I've got a bunch here that I'm going to save for the gift giving and receiving episode next week. If you have any questions in regards to giving gifts, receiving gifts, or you know what? Let's just open it up to like any general Christmas celebration stuff we didn't touch on. Because let's be honest, we're not going to do a Christmas episode in like February. (laughs) So like if you have questions about Christmas, specifically giving gifts, but anything else, um, you can email them to us at schmanerscast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at schmanerscast. You can join the Facebook group. Um, we've also, at this point, put together, we've started to put together a list of like topics for future episodes. I think last time we checked, we had something like 20 to 25 topics already. So if you come up with some topics, you can once again post them on the Facebook group, email them to us, tweet at us. Um, check out all the other amazing maximumfun.org shows. You're going to find one that you love. They're all incredible. They're pretty great. I'm a big fan. Um, take good care of yourself this holiday season. I know that it can be very stressful. Um, and if, you know, the holiday season has got you down uh, more so than normal, I cannot recommend enough talking to someone about it. Maybe someone, you know, a family member or a friend, someone you trust or, you know. Talk to a, a therapist. or a
0: professional. A
1: professional. You know, there's help lines all over the place. But you don't have to, uh, you know, be alone this holiday season, even if you feel like you are alone. So take good care of yourself here at Schmanners HQ. We care a lot about you. <laughs> and uh, you mean a lot to us. Um,
0: also, people who mean a lot to us are Brental our Brent Floss Black. He did our intro and outro music. It's available as a ringtone. It's super catchy. Go and find it. Um, also Kayla M. Wassel, who did our thumbnail and banner art. We love what she did for us. Thank you so much. Um, I also um, posted on the Facebook group some thank yous for all the wonderful things that we've received going all the way back to candle nights. We got some really great stuff for us, for BB, for our home. Thank you so much for those.
1: Um, also, So... Uh... I can't remember if I talked about it last week. I know I talked about NBA M. Angels. Um, But so a friend and amazing author, Patrick Rothfuss. um, He's the author of The Kingkiller Chronicles, Name of the Wind. Those books, they're incredible. My favorite books in the world. Um, he does this charity every year called World Builders, and um, it raises money for uh, Heifers International and a bunch of other cool, cool, great, great stuff. And um, we've got a, a little team going of, you know, my brother, my brother, and me, but kind of all McRoy shows included. Um, if you want to check it out, you can go to bit.ly forward slash MBMBAMWB. Um, but coming up on uh, on Monday... Um, I and Justin and maybe Griffin, too, are going to be taking uh, part in a geek dad panel with Patrick Rothfuss. uh, So at 2 p.m. Eastern, Um, that's this Monday. So that'll be what, 10, 11, 12 on the 12th. Um, And I'll tweet a link to it. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to be joining Patrick and some other people uh, for a mental health panel at 5 o'clock Eastern. Um, all to help benefit world builders, so pay attention to my Twitter at Travis McRoy, and I will tweet about it there. Uh, I think it's gonna do it for us. Um, yeah, yeah, you know what? I think it is. <laughs> so, uh, join us again next week.
0: No RSVP required. You've
1: been listening to Schmanners, manners, manners,
0: get it.